and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Happy one year, Colin! That's right. Annie Monday's first episode was on August 13th of 2018, so it is now our first anniversary. Woo! Yeah. Uh, we're really excited about this. It's been a great year. We've had a lot of successes, and we've grown a lot over that time, and uh, we've had some really bad stuff and some really good stuff, <laughs> mostly a lot of bad stuff, which is kind of the point, I guess. Yeah, to be expected. And uh, we just wanted to thank you all for supporting us so well over this past year and let you know that we're really excited about this upcoming year. Yeah, I think we've both been kind of stunned by the response that we've gotten in such a short amount of time. So to celebrate our one-year anniversary, do you want to talk a little bit about what we decided to do for our anniversary episode? <laughs> so proud of that one, aren't you? As always. <laughs> yeah, so when I was kind of thinking about what we should do for this episode, I thought it would be fun for us to revisit the last year being the sentimental person that I am, and kind of go through our top picks, the things that we really enjoyed out of the new shows that we've had to watch, and our bottom picks, just revisiting some of the worst shows that we've had to watch this last year. Yeah, we're going to go dumpster diving a little bit. <laughs> uncover the trash heap that we've already had to talk about. <laughs> so this truly combines two of my great loves, which is sentiment and Liss. Mm -hmm. Top 10 Liss are <laughs> her favorite. <laughs> I love Liss. Uh, we're not going to do quite top 10. We've had a total of like not quite 40 episodes so far. <laughs> so we're going to stick with our top three and our bottom three and just give a little bit of a little bit of context about those three picks and why we chose them for our lists. Kayla, this first one that we're going to talk about in our top three is one that you uh, were particularly excited about adding to the list. Would you like to talk about Magical Girl Ore? Yes. So this one was definitely my big pick that I brought to our collective top three. I ended up really enjoying this show more so than I thought I would going into it. The show had a lot of humor that I ended up really enjoying and mostly because it respectfully made fun of something that I've enjoyed since I was a kid, which is the whole magical girl genre. And I found it to be something that that continued to surprise me in all the best ways. It kind of turned like gender stereotypes and the pop idol stereotypes, magical girl stereotypes, all of those, it kind of flipped and just played around with it in a way that wasn't making fun of those things in a like a mean-spirited sort of way, but just saying like, hey, here's this thing that you love. Like, let's play with it and let's see what we can do with it. And I think they did that in a really fun and enjoyable way. Yeah, right. It was it was a really fun deconstruction of the genre, sort of. And like you said, in the way that it flips everything on its head. 
it kind of also gave us as a podcast a launch point for a lot of the things that we ended up talking about the rest of the year. Even like some of the tropes that we got to talk about, like the Aho Gay, mm-hmm. came from that that early episode of Magical Girl Ore, and seeing all of those tropes kind of placed in one visible area that we could point to uh, kind of gave us some fodder that I think we referred back to pretty often. I think this was also a special episode for us as podcasters. This was our third episode that we had. And going through that episode and listening back to it, that was really at a point where we started to get a feel for the what we were going to do with the show and how we wanted it to sound. And so I remember that show being a really good catalyst for where the show ended up going and some of the changes that we made. And so listening back to that episode, we hadn't quite made some of those changes yet. And so I know that it's not quite the quality that we wanted it to be. But I remember the conversations that we've had and a lot of the adjustments that we made. And I think that episode in particular really helped us formulate what our sound was going to be. So I have a lot of appreciation for it. I think part of that is because also our first episode being Miss Machiko followed by Magical Girl Ore. I think it kind of also gave us like a false hope for the rest of our show in that we had one really terrible one (laughs) followed by a really good one. Mm -hmm. And that 50-50 split is not what we ended up encountering for (laughs) the rest of the year. Yeah. So it did spoil us a bit in that sense. But maybe that was for the best in that uh, we had, you know, good intentions and we were actually excited about coming to this <laughs> next week. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to drudge through a lot of bad anime right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Our second pick for the top three is one that I particularly brought to the table, and that is Bakimonogatari, which is... Another fairly early episode for us, Um, and it was the first show that we rolled that I was quite familiar with to the point that I I had this on my watch list already and had been planning to go watch it at some point. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the watch list before we ever rolled it, but I never even bothered to ask you what it was. (laughs) I just figured it was one of your weird animes, and I was not wrong. Yeah. Uh, This is another one just because of the limited time that we have available outside of the week when we're not watching our mandatory four episodes uh, has kind of fallen away. We haven't had a chance to really revisit this one. Uh, So it's still on the watch list and we'll see how long it stays there. I think something that is really good for this show that is very different than Magical Girl Ore is... There is so much depth to this show. This isn't a show that you can casually watch, you know, maybe while you're doing something else and really understand it and really appreciate it for what it is. It's something that you really have to sit down and and consume. And I think there's something really good about that. But you're right. It's something that you have to invest in and 
that time to invest hasn't always been easy for us to to get to. This show is kind of a mile a minute pace and particularly the dialogue is very dense, very hard to follow, especially if you're reading along, you're not a native speaker of the original language. And, and that on top of just having a lot of like hard to swallow kinds of themes, uh, dealing with death, depression, mental health, all sorts of things like that. So those initial episodes that we did watch were a little hard to get through. I did really enjoy them, though, because of that. There aren't a lot of shows that directly dive into mental health that I find myself enjoying because it's so much of my job. It's it's what I do for a living that I often find myself being very critical of shows that try to touch that area because... Either they're sweeping it under the rug and being like, oh, if you were just more of an extrovert, your problems would be solved or something like that, you know, um, or or they just, you know, they just kind of throw it in their CSI style where they're like, because of their psychological profile, this is what they're, you know, whatever. Um, and this show, I think, really handled the human psyche in a very real and tangible way that... I felt they had a lot of respect for what these people were experiencing and what people who also struggle with these things experience. And they were able to draw it in this really beautiful way where it wasn't just saying something, it was showing something that was very special. Right. The the unique ways that they were able to visually represent different character aspects or different struggles that the characters were experiencing uh, was really fascinating. Um, from character who uses staplers because they're a crab spirit, or uh, the little girl who was like a snail spirit and wore this big backpack that made her look like a snail. And through those kind of visual representations, they were able to tell really excellent stories and engage you with these characters that you would only spend time with for a couple of episodes, uh, aside from like the recurring characters, but you still really invested in them. Yeah, I can very easily call them to mind, even though it's been, you know, almost a year since since we watched that, is I can very vividly remember scenes from the show in a way that so many other shows that we've watched have completely left <laughs> my consciousness. And finally, our top choice for this year of all the anime that we've seen so far, probably not going to come as a surprise based on our initial discussion, is Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. Woo! So there's a lot we could say to this, but refer to previous episode, I guess. <laughs> for me personally, obviously, like one of the big things about this show is that it's probably bar none like the best CGI animation of all time uh, in terms of like this kind of anime style. The animation quality, the character designs, the action sequences, the choreography of those action sequences is really spectacular to watch. Yeah, it was something that I immediately fell in love with. I remember we were out of town for like a retreat or something, and we had started watching the show. And we got 
to the end of episode four and I looked at you and I I was just like, we have to watch more. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Usually, even if we decide like, okay, we're going to watch more of the show, you know, we'll stop before before we end up recording. And this one, I could not stop watching it. I don't I don't remember what episode we ended up ending on before we started recording, but I think we at least did double the episodes. It's just something that's so pleasant to watch and the story is so good and I love the character so much that it's just a really enjoyable show all around. Yeah, it, it is engaging in that way. Um, the story in particular, uh, we got sidetracked by Evangelion, so we haven't quite finished this <laughs> show yet. Uh, but it's at the top of our list. We'll be back to it pretty shortly, I think. And what Kayla hasn't seen yet is some of the story elements that I'm aware of <laughs> that when I first experienced them were truly like some of the only shocking and revelatory plot twists that I've ever seen in anime. Because mostly you can see those a mile away <laughs> and they're not at all the clever plot twists that the writers and directors might think they are. Uh, this is one of the, the rare exceptions, I think. I'm kind of nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my favorite thing about the show is how easy it is to get attached to these characters. Yeah, I love that these characters are not are not enjoyable just because of the hero. I think sometimes these kind of action shows expect you to love the characters because of the hero. And that's just what they do. And, and they don't go any deeper than that. And this show does a good job of making them so real and they have this really great balance of being these flawed and, you know, imperfect kind of people, but having this really endearing spirit about them that makes you root for them, that you want them to succeed, that you want them to achieve in the face of adversity. And all of this to say that they somehow managed to turn an adult visual novel into a masterpiece. <laughs> I always forget that. If if you didn't know that, I never, never would have put that together. Yeah, really not even a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of great things about this show and uh, pretty easily was our, our favorite for this first year of Annie Monday. I'm going to go ahead and kick off our conversation of the bottom three, which I think will be fun to revisit. So in our number three place in the bottom three is a recent episode that we had, which was only a couple weeks ago, is Listen to Me, Girls, I'm Your Father. Yes, uh, probably the only show in Annie Monday history that we were not able to finish our allotted four episodes because we just couldn't anymore. Because it was recent and because the title is quite explicit, <laughs> you will probably remember that this is the weird, gross, kind of incestual one where this guy adopts three kids and a lot of it revolves around their weird sort of semi-sexual relationships. I just immediately started cringing as soon as you <laughs> were talking about this show again. 
all everything about the show is just uncomfortable to watch. These characters are just the extreme versions of that cringy, inappropriate, like teenage infatuation that makes me really uncomfortable as an adult. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen like a surprising amount of positive feedback on this show. And a lot of that revolves around the kind of basic plot detail or plot line of how these characters came together, which is that their parents were killed in a plane crash, and this guy is, like, going out of his way to raise these kids. And there is some sort of ongoing rhetoric with this show that it is actually, like, really sweet and endearing and... Uh, it's totally wholesome, and I do not see any of that in this show. I find it really actually a little disturbing how many people respond to it that way. That is very upsetting to know. When Kyle and I were doing research for the show, we very easily stumbled upon spoilers. I don't know if those spoilers were only for the manga or if they were also for the show. But if they were, I cannot believe that this show is as wholesome as as people make it out to be. And and if they do think it's wholesome, then we should have some conversations about boundaries. <laughs> yeah. No, this is clearly one of those things where you'll hear a lot of feedback that, oh, no, no, you have to keep watching. You have to keep watching. It gets different. It changes. You can't make a judgment after three episodes. That's what we do on this show. <laughs> we judge based on three or four episodes. And if a show has gone out of its way to disgust me so much within <laughs> that time period, then I do not care what you do the rest of the show. I'm absolutely 100% out and I don't want to get back in. Yeah, there's something to be said about if I have to be convinced to continue with the show for not good reasons... Um, there, there have been some shows in the past that I have been convinced to watch because like the director changed or something in the writing changed. And I've been like, okay, I can appreciate that this actually took a turn, went a completely different direction than what I thought. And I'll give it another chance. This is not what people are saying. They're saying this is the show. It just gets better. But I don't want it to get better from where I don't want this to resolve in the way that I know it's going to resolve. That doesn't make it better for me. That makes it worse. No, I mean, the basic plot detail and the setup for this show doesn't change. In fact, it concludes in the natural direction you would expect it to. Which is gross. It is. Blah. <laughs> oh, sweetheart, it it keeps going. Yeah, that was number three. <laughs> So our number two worst pick of the year is Wakure Romanze. Yes. Um, so there's kind of a running theme discussion thing that, we, that we've talked about a few times on Annie Monday, which is that the hardest shows to talk about are the ones that are completely unnotable. This is sort of one of those ones where there's just so much wrong with it that it's almost impossible to talk about because all you can talk about is how terrible it is. Yeah, there there wasn't anything that was distinctly bad because the whole thing was bad. It was just washed 
with everything that could go wrong went wrong with the show. Yeah, and if you are like me and the title wasn't enough to remind you, this is the one about jousting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or so they say because probably the most infuriating thing about this show is how little it actually has to do with jousting. But Colin, they were on horses. Yes, and there were lances involved, I think. Like once. But this show had zero basis in reality. This was an opportunity to have an anime about a thing that does not have any other anime about it. But they didn't do anything to actually have a show about real historical jousting or about modern interpretations of jousting. They literally just put some, like, sexy girls on horses, and they ran at each other, and then they completely made up a system for scoring. And they added, like, a golden snitch rule Mm -hmm. where you could attack their feather and you could win the match. (laughs) It was so stupid. And on top of all of that, if any of these sexy girls did anything good... All the men in the show got the credit for it. Right, because he was such a great strategist. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this show was somebody's fan service to medieval jousting, which seems like a weird combination, but sure. Yeah, between the absolutely pointless plot and their butchering of an actual sport and the bad animation quality... And the fact that all of these characters have a terrible habit of losing all their clothing. This one could easily be my worst favorite choice for all of Annie Monday so far. It was kind of a contentious first and second, and even really the third slot of figuring out which of these is truly the worst. (laughs) But we have decided, and we have the worst show that we've had to watch this year on Anna Monday. It should also be noted that part of the reason why it's the worst one is because it has the hardest name. The show that is our number one worst pick is Kono Eizora ni Yakasokowo. Yeah, translated to something like the promise we made under that blue sky or something. Which is still a terrible name. So I almost feel bad for giving this number one strictly because we would be giving it any attention whatsoever. <laughs> because this is perhaps the most unremarkable show I've ever seen. Only in how incredibly terrible it is does it stand out in any way. Right. I mean, I could not tell you the first thing about any of the characters in this show. And this is a show that is very much just about some characters. 12 of them, I believe, Mm -hmm. Uh, with the exception of maybe like their teacher, who was the most excruciating character I've ever seen in an anime (laughs) Uh, because she was just whiny and threw literal tantrums in the show. But if you remember the structure of this show, it was basically that each episode is about the main character, dude, spending time with one other character. And then the next episode would be a different character. Yeah, we we would get them in pairings. And then there was no continuity between the next pairing of episodes. So there'd be like two that centered on one girl. 
And then in the next set, when it focused on another girl, it was like the previous set of events hadn't happened, that the group dynamics were changed because we shifted routes. And that is a terrible way to do this show. Yeah. Every other anime that I've seen that is based on a visual novel has taken a single route and they explore that route and that is the show. That could be the like best outcome route, it could be one of the worst outcomes, but they they pick a storyline that they are intent on focusing on from that visual novel and they follow through on it. Yeah, and I think something that really good adaptations do and right now I'm thinking of like Steins Gate is the first one that comes to mind is that they'll do an entire route and then if they decide that they want to do a different route they just do a whole nother show and it's it's like parallel to it and that's you know that's kind of the other route and I think that works really well. But instead what you end up with is having absolutely no context for these characters, no follow-through, everything that you've just watched previously is completely meaningless, and you basically end up just seeing the worst side of all of these characters, and then a very rapid redemption for them, and you're supposed to have some sort of emotional response or connection, and I had the complete opposite. I'm surprised you would even say there was resolution to these story arcs because it didn't really feel like it. It was more to me that these girls went from having a really negative reaction to the main character to being okay that he exists. And that's where it ends. What's notable about these characters is that every one of them is kind of the same character they all might lean like a little bit towards one character trope over the other. But like you said, they all have the exact same reactions. They all have the exact same like emotional arc to these episode pairings. And you can kind of classify all of these characters with a few like descriptors. My favorites being whiny, bratty, angsty teenagers who are so incredibly melodramatic that I was like physically angry at them (laughs) the whole time I was watching this show. And this is just about the characters. We haven't even talked about all the problems we had with the production and the animation that was done, the really bad music that was throughout the show. I mean, there's so much that we could point out. And I think that for me, that was kind of the final kicker to make this be the the worst one is because at least with some of the other shows, they have decent animation or they have music that at least doesn't annoy me to death. But this show, every single part was bad. And you could distinctly point out each part that was bad and how it was bad in its own unique way. And that for me really solidified its place as the worst show that we've watched. 
Yeah, it was an absolute slog to get through four episodes. I can't even imagine returning to this in my lifetime. And I think if you added up every other bad anime that we've watched, I would rather watch all of those shows to their completion <laughs> than probably a single other episode of this show. That's saying a lot. We've watched some really bad stuff. So there you go. We've got our top three and our bottom three picks for this first year of Annie Monday. Let us know if you agreed or disagreed. <laughs> uh, or if you have seen any of these shows and you have opinions on which ones you think deserve the top and bottom spots. <laughs> yeah, to kind of wrap up our anniversary episode, I think we just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that we've been through this year and how this show has impacted us and kind of what we're looking forward to in this coming year. Yeah, this this has really been a labor of love for the both of us. Um, we kind of talked about this in our Origins episode that starting this podcast was really a way for you and I to have a hobby together and to take something that we were already kind of doing and make something creative out of it that has changed so much in our lives now we actually do podcasting things i help out with another podcast that we do so we we've really been honing our skills not only just speaking but also with producing and and learning how to make the show something really special yeah, and there's a lot of elements to that. Uh, it could be, you know, from the audio production and editing sorts of things and, and being able to continue to work on those skills and share them with the podcasting community. We have recently, in fact, uh, gotten involved with the local podcasting scene and meeting some of the other people who are making podcasts and hosting and editing and, and doing all of that stuff and hopefully share our knowledge and learn a lot from them as well. Uh, so shout outs to the Austin Podcasters group. Uh, we're looking forward to hanging out with you all. And in terms of the anime itself, I think we've grown a lot in being able to actually have conversations about anime. And with all the research that we've done and all the different genres we've been exposed to since we started the podcast, uh, we've really developed a, a vocabulary that I think works for us uh, while still maintaining the like beginner friendly kind of vibe that we went for with this show so that we can talk about these things and have a name for them and be able to go back to that name and point to different shows that we've watched previously and be able to make comparisons in that way. Yeah, and I think this has been especially helpful for me as somebody who liked anime at one point in my life and really had to step out of it for a long period of time because, well, because I was busy. And getting back into it in this way has been really enjoyable for me because I, I've always been a person that didn't really know how to pick a show. And so this allows me to explore a lot of anime without me having to make any decisions, which has its downsides as well. But I think it's been really fun for me to get back into this thing that I loved when I was younger and and to really go from having a, a small appreciation to this really great love for this entire medium. 
Yeah, and with those particular shows and different genres that we've come across over this past year of things that we wouldn't normally choose to watch, but we were kind of forced to, uh, I think we've kind of proven our initial goal and we've we've accomplished what we set out to do, which is that we can really dig into Crunchyroll and see things that a lot of people don't really see or talk about and be able to expose those things either as being like sort of a hidden gem or it really should probably stay in the trash pile where it was before. <laughs> yeah, and what I love is that this continues to be a sustainable thing that we're still able to continue to dive into Crunchyroll. And and I think we've only had one roll of a show that we had already watched, that, that we continue to get brand new things each week. And there's still so much for us to talk about. Yeah, if you even think about like how many shows are on this season right now that we're not talking about on any Monday, uh, it really proves like how much is out there that they're still left to roll. Uh, so hopefully Crunchyroll never gets rid of that button. Also add it to Verve, please. <laughs> also open up an API so that I can use it, please. <laughs> Thank you. I even think us having the random button has allowed us to really appreciate the shows that we do watch in our precious free time. You had talked about us watching Evangelion and I think that ended up being a special thing for us because because we had to really carve out that time to watch it. It was something that wasn't casual anymore that we could really sit and devour that show and come and have really good discussions about it because it's now part of our life is to to talk about these things and and to dive into these shows and not just be casual watchers. And I think even some of the other shows that we've started to watch and when we see shows that we might be interested in that we have the sort of critical eye for it now. Another thing that this show has allowed us to do and that we're kind of just dipping our toes in right now is that we are starting to do the anime convention circuit. Anime conventions are really cool. They're a, a unique thing for us because, number one, the crowd is built in. We know that everybody here likes anime, and we all have kind of the same vocabulary. We all enjoy the same thing. And they're, they're everywhere. There's lots of them. There's three in Austin alone. Uh, there's just a ton in Dallas if we went that far. Uh, and then there's a huge one in San Antonio. And pretty much any city that you can live in, you can find anime conventions of some sort. And with that concentration of people who appreciate the medium that we're talking about, and the fact that most of them have open panel submissions so that anyone can just have a, a discussion, have some sort of event uh, at the conventions where you can talk about this stuff, uh, makes it a, a great platform for us because we can just do the podcast all over the place. Uh, which is something that we're kind of hoping to expand on with a special event that you and I are going to next March, which is the Joko Cruise. Right. Joko Cruise is kind of like a 
a big floating convention, not necessarily just anime, but a lot of nerdy stuff. And likewise, they have kind of an open panel submission uh, format. So hopefully, yeah, we can we can host Annie Monday on the high seas. Woo! And I'll be terribly, terribly sick the whole time. You'll get one of those ear patches. You'll be fine. Then I'll just be like super uh, dry mouthed and I won't be able to see anything, but... You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, something that... I think our live show format has really done for me personally. I Part of the reason why we decided to do podcasting was because I am really nervous in front of crowds. I don't do a lot of public speaking. I've had to do more and more of it for my job as the years have gone by, which that came as a surprise. I never thought that would happen. We started with podcasting because it was the easiest thing for me to latch on to. Um, I do a lot of talking for my job, and it's in a, this sort of like intimate kind of context. But the live shows have forced me to branch out of that, and I think that's been very good for me, but it's also been very, very nerve-wracking because I have a lot of public speaking fears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's intimidating uh, for anyone who's just getting started on that kind of thing. Uh, for me, it's really exciting because I have played a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot of live performances. And so it's it's not only like old hat for me, it is something that I thrive off of. The like experience of playing a live show or doing the thing that you love in front of other people is really exciting. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that in you as we you know, get to do more of them and you kind of grow in that appreciation and the nerves hopefully fall away a little bit. <laughs> I was about to say, you're being very optimistic about this. <laughs> it might take a hundred to get there, but. Oh, gosh. So I think one of the special things that we did this last year that I wanted to talk about was our episode with Michael Lauderdale. He is a a dear friend of ours, and it was so much fun being able to have him on the show and, <laughs> and be able to join us in our misery of having to watch. Master of Ragnarok yes. and Blesser of Ein Herjar. Yes. I was going to say, I remember Ragnarok, and that's it. Um, Another contender for the top three <laughs> bottom bad list. Yes. Um, and ha- like I said, having Michael on the show was was a lot of fun, and it's something that we're currently working on getting more people to come on the show. Um, so we have a couple people that are already in the works, and we're just figuring out scheduling stuff, and and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Michael was gracious enough to be our guinea pig and, and see if the like guest host format would work, and uh, he put himself through... You know, watching that terrible show a second time uh, on our behalf. Uh, but the feedback that we got from that episode with the guest host was really good. And uh, we we loved the outcome of it. It was a fun conversation to have. Uh, so, yeah, we have a growing list and hopefully we can start knocking those out uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, finally, the the other thing we wanted to touch on. Uh, that was an exciting thing for us is that we've got the merch store open now. 
which we mention pretty frequently on the show just because we know people like to know what's in the store and what's changing. It's obviously not the best format. We basically just have another vendor who prints stuff for us and, you know, we basically make nothing off of it. It's just really exciting to have any Monday stuff out in the wild now uh, that we get pictures of people using their Annie mugs and uh, things like that is really fun for us. Yeah, I use mine at work every day. I love my mug. That's a cool thing because it's pretty easy for us to add different types of merch. And uh, if you like the designs, let us know. Uh, Let us know what other kinds of things you might be interested in seeing. It really doesn't add anything to our plate to (laughs) to put stuff in there. So maybe in the future, you know, we can have uh, better price stuff and, you know, a more direct sort of merchandise line. But (laughs) Uh, for now, this is, I think, a, a pretty fun way to, to do things. And kind of a sneak peek of stuff to come. I know that we're currently working on some more design stuff, so there'll be some new things to see in the in the store, different kinds of designs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are working on a very secret project right now <laughs> that I'm excited to uh, get back in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, this has been a really amazing year, and it's been a lot of fun doing this podcast with you and getting to experience this whole new community, and this has been a blast. Yeah, don't don't forget the uh, best way you can help us out is to uh, rate us on iTunes and share the episodes whenever you can. Uh, If there's one you think was particularly funny or particularly bad... Grab the link off of our website and uh, feel free to share it on all of your social media stuff. Yeah, that helps us a lot. Just getting it shared with other people and and getting ratings on things like iTunes um, really helps the show a lot. So yeah, thanks again. And uh, we really appreciate you sticking with us through this year and we're excited about next year. Yeah, this has been a really amazing journey and we love you guys so much. Uh, check out our website, which I'm sure you have already, but uh, it's at animonday.moe. That's animonday.moe. <laughs> and uh, also, big shout out to C2A. Uh, still kind of floored that he gave us permission to use his stuff. I know he's on a UK tour right now, and I really want to be there. <laughs> yeah, he is really, he's been really cool about letting us use his music, and he's just like a really neat guy and his music is incredible it's the perfect not only anime like hard rock music but it's also great podcast music so uh yeah it's it's really awesome to use his stuff yeah if you ever get the chance you should check out his twitter feed because it's amazing it's it's all it's all anime memes (laughs) it's great it's the best thing Y'all, he wears a shirt when he plays live that says NEAT on it, N-E-E-T, in, like, big, bold letters. And, (laughs) like, that's the best. (laughs) All right. I think that does it for this year. All right. uh, That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled roles. (laughs) Oh, joy. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.
So why do I always start all my sentences with so? (laughs) (laughs) Also had like a little bit of a um, a Minnesota. Soul. 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 (laughs) 